Hi, this is Netta Laurene from SmackDown, and you're listening to Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden-Taylor. Welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. With me, as always, is the incredible, not edible, Lee. What's up, Lee? Um, all right. Well, you're not call an egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, call me yummy if you want. Yum Lee. Yum Lee. Yum Lee. I think I, I, think I ate there last night. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, you still got outside dining? <laughs> um, no, it was all it was all pickup. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have Brian Davis with us from uh, Damn Good Movie Memories. Hi, Brian. Hey, Mark and Lee. It's great to be back. Yeah. What's okay. up? And this will be aired on New Year's Day. So Happy New Year's, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, this is our New Year's Day episode with uh, Government Mule Life Before Insanity. Before we get into that, I gotta ask you guys a question because I think I'm nuts. I know, Lee, you don't drive. Uh, I don't. But did you ever take a boombox in like a, a parking lot and just walk around and make people listen to your music? Um, I used to go to the park and do that. <laughs> I used to do that with my dog. I used to take my dog for a walk and walk around the neighborhood blasting music so people would know what good music is. Um, mm. But also, when I'm now I have a car. I went and picked up groceries this morning, and I, I drove around the parking lot about five times blasting Tesla full blast with my huge speakers. And everybody was staring <laughs> well, at me, what the fuck is that? And I go, good music. <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll have to send you some more cds and tapes and stuff so then when you go and drive in your car again you actually can play good music <laughs> oh wow see actually what you should do mark is buy a tesla and then play tesla and blow everyone's mind i know yeah. but they they wouldn't know who tesla was unless they, they would fan yeah. they're smart i know it kind of sucks that tesla was out before the car and but they have to put tesla the band website instead of tesla you know Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, were the, they were the Tesla. I mean, they put Nikolai Tesla on the map. I mean, nobody knew who the scientist was, you know, the inventor. So I know, man. It's sad, man. I love that band so much. Even, oh, I do, too. Even if their last album wasn't Tesla. but uh, Yeah. yeah. Def, Def Tesla. Defla. Yeah. I got kicked out of a Tesla group for saying that album sucked. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Groups are, uh, Facebook groups are an interesting thing. No, but I thought KISS fans were the only ones that get emotional over if you oh, call no. them suck. Oh, no. <laughs> So okay, imagine if Lee imagine if Lee was in a Bon Jovi group. I mean, that would be sheer terrorism. <laughs> hey Lee, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to some Bon Jovi groups. I want you to go in there and fuck everybody up. <laughs> um, I, it, it, it would it would scare me too much too much to go into them. People would see me. It would be as if I had like like pink panties on or something. Well, you, you fit right into those groups. <laughs> so so brian did you ever like uh drive your car with your windows down blasting music and and watching people roll up their windows around you actually i do have a it's funny i didn't even think about this for years i do have a good story about this i was driving to work uh this is probably 15 years ago and uh, i'm playing merciful fate and it's it's the, it's the one song that's uh you know satan hail satan he's doing the high-pitched <laughs> voice and i look to the to the left of me and i'm not i'm not even thinking about it 
And my windows rolled down, and there's this minivan with a mom and a daughter, like, right next. Right as the moment it hits that, you know, crescendo. Uh-huh. And they are looking at me in, like, sheer horror. And then quickly, like, rolling up the windows. And this is back then before, like, power windows, too. Like, everyone had power windows. So they are doing the manual window roll up, and all I could do was laugh. Because, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? If you're rolling around, listening to Merciful Fate, you're going to get some... Uh, some people that aren't digging it. Well, I like it when the guys with the heavy bass come next to me and they're like booming and I go, fuck this shit. And I'll put up shit with like, I'll put up like Eddie Van Halen guitar solo. Yeah. And it shoots right through their bass and they roll up their windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, noise pollution against noise pollution and see, see you can win. I got tickets on that shit. I got like $50 tickets for noise pollution on my car. It was horrible. really, yeah, back in the day in the 90s, man, in the late wow. 80s. I was driving my car with the 12 inch woofers and freaking in the industrial area. Cops would pull me up, go, That's too loud, son. And yeah. give me a ticket. <laughs> like uh, Footloose when he's driving around with Quiet Riot. <laughs> that was sad that wasn't on the original release of that. Now they uh, it rectified been. it. Yeah. They rectified well, that it. And Foreigner and uh, John Mellencamp. I know, man. They just kept on the Kenny Loggins, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, let's hear it for the boy and stuff like that. I'd rather hear Quiet Riot. <laughs> oh, at that at that point, definitely. Yeah, man. So, uh, Brian, this is the January. This is the month of Brian. <laughs> or the month of blues. Month of blues, yeah. And um, Lee is really not a blues fan, I found out, when yeah. listening to these albums. But you will find out as we go through the, these albums. So... Uh, Let's get into this album. This is a Government Mule, Life Before Insanity. This is their third studio album. The album was released February 15th, 2000 by Capricorn, Capricorn Records. The album was produced and recorded by Marco, Michael Barbiero, who is a Tesla, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we had Tesla in the beginning of that. That's weird. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it was the last album recorded with founding member, member Alan Wood, Woody, who died shortly after its release. Oh, fuck. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. This is a band you got me into, um, Brian. So <laughs> I didn't even know about this band in 2000, man. Uh, I was working at a crappy job at that time. <laughs> and this was recorded in Muscle Shoals Studio. That's really oh, yeah. cool, too. Um, so how did you get into this band, Brian? So the Allman Brothers, because um, Alan Woody and Warren Haynes were both in the later incarnation of, of the Allman Brothers in the late uh, late 80s and the early 90s when they when they reformed. And so eventually when they um, did their debut album in 95, uh, I'd, I'd already been you know, a Warren Haynes fan from his work with the Allman Brothers. And so Life Before Insanity, that's a, this is a very important album and you kind of alluded to it because it's also tragic. It's, it's their, their final album as like a power trio. And, you know, they adored uh, Warren Haynes and Alan Woody, those like kind of those power trio bands from the 60s and 70s, you know, like Cream and Mountain, obviously Jimi Hendrix experience, uh, Grand Funk and, and like the James Gang. But they wanted that sort of vibe. And then once they found the drummer Matt Apps, uh, who had worked on Dickie Betts's soul album um, called Pattern Disrupted with Warren, the band was set. And so Alan Woody, and it's never been officially determined but from what everything i've read and researched he died of a drug overdose like six months after this this album and they found him in the hotel room yeah and so the two they had released two albums prior that were great and they were just kind of building up to this and and to me this is their their pinnacle um and and after alan woody died warren kind of knew that they could never be a power trio again like the alan woody was that important to to this band 
And so that's the reason they got uh, the keyboardist Danny Lewis, who's actually on this album, uh, to be a full-time member. Because after this album, they, they were never really the same type of band. They were still a great band, but just different. And, uh, and, and this is my, by far my favorite Government Mule album as a whole. And that's not to say that the other ones aren't stellar because they're great, uh, but this is my favorite. And, uh, and here's the other thing. When, when concerts eventually start up again after the pandemic, Government Mule is a must-see. They're, they're one of the best live acts around. Every show is different, uh, usually an entirely different set list. They record every single show, and they make them available for, like, download to, to purchase. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone to concerts where I want to, you know, I want to listen to that show again because it was so good, whatever band it may be. But with Government Mule, uh, I own every soundboard recording for every show I've been to with them. And so it's great to revisit. And they do some some amazing shows and covers. So, yeah, to me, they're they're definitely in my top 10. I play them all the time on my radio show. And uh, I try to try to preach the, the gospel of the mule as much as I can. And Metallica does the same thing. I got the show they mm -hmm. did in Anaheim on the Death Magnetic Tour. They gave yeah. it to us for free for buying the tickets. See, that's great. So that's we had awesome. to wait like a, I think a week, and then they put it up and gave us the code to get it for free. Mm -hmm. I think Metallica can afford to do that a little bit more. I mean, Government Mule is definitely a, a smaller, smaller band, so they probably um, get a little bit more revenue by by what they're doing. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great, great, uh, great way to do that for the fans. And it was cool. They even had a little album cover for your iTunes. It says oh, yeah. Magnetic Anaheim, the date on it and everything. Yep. That was a great show. I That was the first time I got to see Metallica since the Black album. Mm -hmm. So I was happy. <laughs> Definitely. I think I think most more bands should do that. Really, it's a good keepsake. Yeah. Um, they. I think they do it to all their shows, too, also Metallica. So you mm -hmm. could go on their, their uh, site and record shows, that, even shows you didn't even go to. Yeah, um, I mean, like especially like those um, those anniversary shows they did at the Fillmore up in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I mean, those those are a must own because they pretty much play their entire catalog over a week. You know, well, I have all those. I I, I kind of torrent those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I would have bought them though. <laughs> but just oh. for the guest appearances, I mean, you have everyone from like King Diamond to Dave Mustaine to Ozzy and Rob Halford. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I just remember Mustaine going. Well, this is how they should have been played. <laughs> yeah, typical mistake. I yeah. know. Uh, Lee, uh, I don't. You haven't got into government mule, so I, I, because yeah. I listen to Brian's radio show on Wednesday nights at uh, eight p.m. Pacific and eleven p.m. Eastern on uh, yep. that metal station, uh, the Bad Beat with Brian Davis. So you Thank guys you. check that out. It's a really good. Uh, uh, me and. Uh, Samuel Wetz, if you guys know him, are there every week along with the chairman of the board, uh, Metal Mike Tyler. You guys right. Check it out, man. We're in the chat room talking about everything and showing boop bitchers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday. Yeah, it was like uh, turkey turkey breasts one week and, and female breasts the next week. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about the at t girl a lot. <laughs> I don't know who brought that one. Yeah, that, that, that set off a, a nice uh, plethora of pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this album, shall we? We got uh, the first song, Wandering Child. What did you think about this one? Um, wait a minute. Uh, you picked this one, Lee. So Because um, I, I had to pick something. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Wandering Child by Government Mule and the Freeform Rock Podcast. Thank you. 
Okay, that was Wandering Child. Why did you pick that song, Lee? It had some okay moments in it, but it could have been less scrub clean in the arrangement. It tried to be progressive blues rock, and I liked some of it, but overall it didn't wow me. But it was better than some of the other tunes. <laughs> so what did you think about it, Brian? This is a, this is an interesting opener, and uh, for me, this no, there's no spoiler really. But I, for me, there isn't a bad track on the album for my taste. Uh, however, I would have picked another opener, and I'll mention that uh, when we get to that song. Uh, you can definitely hear the Almond Brothers influence on this one, and you know, with the slide work, the vocal phrasing, things like that. And and that's the thing about Government Mule. Warren Haynes is a beast on guitar, uh, and but he's still traditional in the sense that he won't go crazy on the fretboard for the sake of showing off. You know, he'll play to the song for me, and that's that's always key. And that's that's a very blues ethos um, type of thing. And so also, I, I personally think he's one of the best blues rock vocalists around, and he does both. So for me, he can do no wrong in my book. But song wise, I, you know, I mentioned the Allman Brother influence and with the side guitar, and that the side guitar definitely harkens back to Dwayne Allman. Uh, it, it's really nice. And I also like towards the end of the song, Warren kind of takes the main slide riff and sort of adds a pedal effect to it. Uh, it's a nice way to break it up a bit and close out the song. Yeah, I, I, I like this song. I like, well, like you said, I don't think there's a bad song on this album. Um, love the beginning with the bass and then the drums come in and that slide guitar rules, like you said. Uh, has a good groove. Uh, it's a good song to start the record, but you said there's a better one. We'll get to that later, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I thought yep. it was cool. Like, if you're not a Government Mule fan, I'm just barely getting into this band because of you on your radio show. And Clutch. You know, we, we got a Clutch one coming up later, too. Yeah. Um, so I, I really haven't heard those two bands much. I don't know why. Uh, maybe I was just isolated at that time when these bands were coming out and just listening to in my little bubble. <laughs> but uh, since I got the internet in 2000 something, I've been exploring YouTube and finding new bands. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and people telling me about it. I don't really have that many friends I hang out with that like good music. So it's good to be on the internet and, and a podcast and decibel geek because they show me new music and you, you know, you're, and movies that I haven't heard of too, on your on your podcast, it's really cool. So um, let's get to the next track, which is "Life Before Insanity," the title track, and nobody picked this one. So, what do you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this is co-written by the keyboardist Danny Lewis, and as I said before, he'll eventually join the band after Alan Woody dies. And this is the type of like government mule quasi-ballad that I absolutely adore. It's very reminiscent of Zeppelin in many ways, like the use of a mandolin from Alan Woody, or, you know, in the little chord progressions they throw in there. But for me, it's Warren's voice that really gets the shine on this one. He's always got these really terrific, soulful vocals. And, and Mule always has a way of making songs that are considered lengthy, you know, over six minutes, but they always make them this incredible, interesting journey, and they're never boring. You know, they're never boring. And, and I think that definitely stems from Warren's work with the Almonds. They were the same way. You know, some folks shy away from jam bands for being way too long and deliberate, especially live, and I get that. But for me, I love the journey that Government Mule takes me on, and, and, and this song is a great example of that. I love jam bands, except for The Grateful Dead. Uh, mm -hmm. I like no, their, I even when the Black Crows went jam band, you know, on their last mm -hmm. two albums. Well, not their last two. Yeah, their last two albums. What is it? I forgot the name of them. They, they recorded in a barn. Yeah, <laughs> after the frost. I yeah, think, before, before the something. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Those yeah. are pretty good records. Uh, Lee, what did you think of this song? 
this is like the group The Firm at their least interesting. The song structure was good, but the way they play <laughs> sounds like they're purposefully um, having, like they're, they're they're purposefully honing back and 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 doing this slow on purpose. I don't hate it, but I certainly don't love it either. Well, I think this is a great song. It has a lot of soul and great atmosphere. And like you said, Brian, it sounds like a little like a Zep song. Um, mm -hmm. This is a really cool song. It jams. and a, it, it, it. I like long songs. I'm a Rush fan. If I didn't like long songs, I wouldn't like That's Rush. That's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rush or yep. freaking all those progressive rock bands I like, like Queensryche and stuff like that. Man. It's I love progressive. I, and I like it when I, the blues goes long like this. Because blues songs are usually, what, two to three minutes? And Especially the early stuff. Yeah, they were like singles almost. Yeah. Yeah. So this is freaking awesome. I love it. I love it when when the band just starts playing off of each other. I think it's cool to. I I need to see this band live. Oh yeah, yeah. They have full shows all over YouTube too, so you can you can definitely check those I out. I think my wife would actually like this band. I mm -hmm. played some when I was doing the notes for this. I played some of it for her, and she said that's really good. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's they're they're pretty universal. They can do any style, so. Yeah, so then we get to the next song, Bad Little Doggy, which Lee picks. So here's Bad Little Doggy on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
Okay, actually that song was picked by Lee and Brian, so I'll start with Brian. Why'd you pick this track? So this is the song that I think should have let off the album because it just kicks into gear right from the start. Uh, it's it's definitely a blues rocker in the tradition of ZZ Top. I mean, you can hear Billy Gibbons all over this track. It, it's so good. It's it's funky. It's bluesy. You know, there's some blues harp added to the mix. This is a fabulous track. It always goes over great live. Uh, I love the vocals. The guitar solo is is definitely uh, Billy Gibbons' love and influence all over the place. So yeah, if I have one knock on the album, I would have put this song first in the sequencing. But that's that's a minor beef. I, I think this is a great song. What'd you think about it, Lee, since you picked it also? Well, yeah, well, this is fine. It could have sounded less scrub clean in the production, but they played pretty well on it. Yeah, um, this is a killer riff to start off the song, and some blues fucking harp is killer. It has a driving rhythm. Love the bass is pumping, and the guitars are on fire. This is a great track, man. And I agree mm -hmm. with you. This should have started the album because it's shorter. And get, yeah. you, get you into it, you know, instead of starting mm -hmm. out with a six-minute song. Right, right. And then we get to the next song, which is uh, Lay Your Burden Down, which you picked also, Brian. Yep. So here's Lay Your Burden Down by Government Mule on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
Okay, that was uh, "Lay Your Burden Down" by Government Mule. Why'd you pick this track, Brian? Well, it's my it's my favorite song on the album, and it's actually it might be my favorite Government Mule track in general. It's uh, it's one of the great things about this band, and there are many. Uh, they have a plethora of guests and friends that they play with, not only live but also on their albums from time to time. Like they they did this album in 2013 called "Shout," and they recorded. Uh, the normal tracks as they as they had a regular album, and then they gave you a bonus disc that came with the album with the same tracks, but all with guest vocalists singing those songs. So they had like Glenn Hughes and Steve Winwood and Dr. John and Miles Kennedy and and guys like that, and it's it's awesome. And so they're, they're willing to do that because they really are the musicians' musician. Warren Haynes plays with all sorts of different people on different albums, just like you know Corrosion and Conformity. He was on their album. He was on the Pretty Reckless album, the last one. So he's all over the place. He's very well known. On this particular track, uh, having Ben Harper share the vocals with Warren, I thought was a brilliant choice. His vocal tone, for me, fits the track perfectly. The vibe of this song is absolutely in my musical you know, wheelhouse. It, it's bluesy, but it's also got that 60s soul. And then it rocks when it wants to. It's, it's everything I want in a song. It's just stellar. And the guitar works killer. And then they use the, the the organ and the keyboards. It's perfect, and it adds some flavor to the track. And if if there was a song I would pick to get listeners in the Government Mule, this would be on the short list short list of my picks. Yeah, I, I think you need to Dropbox me that bonus disc because I heard you play the uh, Miles Kennedy <laughs> mm. one, and that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great. I love Miles Kennedy and all those other singers you're saying. I need to hear that shit. Yeah, um, I reckon Lee would probably like that too. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I, I probably would like them. <laughs> and then we, uh, Lee, what did you think of this song? This song is one of the better songs on the album, only because a lot of the other songs are much worse. It's decent <laughs> middle-of-the-road blues rock. Nothing horrible, but nothing fantastic either. I, I, I kind of want it middle-of-the-road. I don't know what you mean by middle-of-the-road. This band... I mean that, 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 that if you listen to it on the radio and there's a whole bunch of songs playing and you're doing scrub work and you're not really paying attention, it won't offend you. But it, it sounds, this band sounds different than any blues band that I've heard. Uh, it, it's just my opinion. I think they have. Maybe the, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm just thinking. I just wanted to ask you about that. I think this song has killer rhythm. The organ rules. This band is in total sync, and man, the vocals are so good. Kind of like the Doors bass going on and break on through in mm, the break. That's, that's I love good, it. That's a good call. Yeah, I love this song. It's freaking killer. And then we get to the next track, which is "Fallen Down." What'd you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, and so I mentioned how "Lay Your Burden Down" is the perfect type of just broad government mule song. Well, "Fallen Down" is kind of the perfect type of moody ballad that the band always delivers on on every album. Uh, there's always a soulful, never cheesy, laid back vibe, and they always have thoughtful lyrics. And and when I say Government Mule is one of my favorite bands, it's mostly due to the diversity of the style of the music the guys can pull off with ease. And, and that's just the genius of the band. It's not easy to do what they do. It's kind of like Michael Jordan when when he used to play basketball, and Joe Montana when he used to, uh, you know, be be on the 49ers and, and playing football. They made things look easy when they weren't. And Government Meals look kind of the same way when they perform. And I think you truly have to see them live to, I think, really appreciate them. 
And I think Lee would appreciate them more because they're more raw live. You know, they, that polished thing that he's hearing, it might be just due to the, the album and, and the producers. Maybe. I just, yeah, possibly. Uh, I, I just love this song because it works on so many levels. You know, the vocals, the music, and the emotion. And you think about the last three songs. You had a blues rocker, a funky, soulful, blues-tinged song, and now a soulful ballad. And that's the diversity I'm talking about. It's a song that's seven minutes long, but for me, it never feels long. And you get touches of keyboards and organ and those riffs and those tempo twists. And then you get a super tasteful guitar solo. I mean, you don't even get a hint of a guitar solo until almost the end of the song. And then finally, the keyboards wrap everything up. It's almost Gersman-esque the way they do it at the very end. So I'm curious oh, to see how please. he feels. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't... Uh, Michael Barbiera is kind of a raw producer for the first Tesla yeah. album. It's like, I don't know how it's clean, <laughs> but Lee hears yeah. it clean. So I would say I would say would be like, let's say you were talking about um, you were sitting down and you had a bowl of something and you were saying, man, the flavors, the sugar, the, the pepper, the, the tartness, the, the tanginess, all these combined with all these wonderful flavors and all these wonderful ingredients. Lee, would you like to try some? And I sit down and I see it's just a bowl of plain white rice. <laughs> so what do you think about falling down, uh, Lee? This song is decent. It sounds like an even slower and less energetic um, Robin Trower, but I like to see this. I mean, I, mean I, I could hear this sounding good late at night for as music to help someone go to sleep. I think, Lee, you should go on YouTube and watch one of their live concerts because I think you would change your mind on this band. Like I uh, do like some of what I have heard in the past. It's just that I was hoping that what I liked would be what this album was, and it mm. ended up not being it. Okay. Yeah, uh, this song is like uh, Almond Brothers sounding. Here, killer blues with a southern thing going on. Atmospheric. Makes you want to sit back and sit some whiskey with some headphones on. This song is killer. Uh -oh. I freaking like it. And then we get to the next track, which is uh, World Gone Wild. What do you think of this one, Brian? Yeah, this is another great song with a lot of tempo changes. And again, th this is the key to, to Mule because they can turn a longer song into a journey that feels quick. It, it starts with a little bit of that 60s psychedelic, you know, psychedelia uh, before getting into a rocker. And then it transitions to the vocals with a laid back groove. And then you get power riffs and they come in with the power vocals. I, for me, it's a great ride. And again, the little organ touches add, add a little bit to each track. And I like that. So. Uh, another terrific guitar solo about halfway in. And all of Warren's solos are fabulous. They're never phoned in. And uh, I think it's perfect for the vibe of the song. And, and when you think you've got this song figured out, and then it goes out uh, rocking with an upbeat rhythm and all these fabulous guitar solos. So uh, another great track. It's like anything with an organ and a honky-tonk piano just gets me. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love that shit. What do yeah. you think about it, Lee? This song doesn't do anything for me. It's supposed to be a jamming hard rock blues, but there's nothing interesting in the playing. It sounds like they wanted to be like Black Country Communion with all the air out of their tires. I'll pass. There was no Black Country Communion when this album yeah, came they would, out. Yeah, they were probably influenced by <laughs> Government Mule. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that it, it, it reminds me of, of them. Mm -hmm. Or let's say that Black Country Communion makes me think of a more improved and powered up 
uh, government mule. Got it. Yeah. Well, I, I totally disagree with you, Lee. This is a kickback song to drink to again. Lots of things going on musically, like Brian said. This song, mm-hmm. it, close your eyes and put some headphones on and chill. This is a fucking great song just to freaking just sit there, put some headphones on, close your eyes and not look at anything and just flow with the music. This is a great fucking song. <laughs> um, do both of you, when, when you heard this album, did you have a neighbor that was playing another album really loud? That was really good that that you didn't realize that you were actually hearing that album, and that's what you should be talking about. I, I think it was Bon Jovi at the time. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, somebody was playing 7800 Fahrenheit, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. I was hearing In and Out of Love, <laughs> Silent Night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song right there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, it isn't. <laughs> well, Pat Benatar already did the ooh, ooh song, so you can't do that one. Uh, That's true. <laughs> and then we get to the next song, Tastes Like Wine. What would you think about this song, Brian? Yeah, so it starts as an acoustic ballad. Uh, Warren's just playing guitar and singing, and, and then the power chords come in. And it's still got an acoustic flavor with some electric guitars added to the mix throughout the song. It, it's really well done. Uh, that, you know, in the flow of an album, it fits, it fits perfectly in the middle. It's definitely not filler, but uh, it's an album track in, in its truest form. And I like the use of an acoustic guitar solo in the middle, middle of a song instead of electric. You know, acoustic solos are very tricky. They're not easy to play or pick up in the mix always. And, and But this is recorded perfectly before going back into the main, you know, chorus. And the outro acoustic uh, solo is, is great as well. I, I think it's a very well-crafted song. What did you think about it, Lee? It was a good idea, but it was too draggy, both the acoustic and rocking parts. It could have sounded like a song fit for Bad Company's Running With The Pack album, except the energy seemed tired and the song needed zest. It could have been a lot better. It's funny how you say that, Lee. You pick so many... You pick some albums with some freaking tired stuff like Fair... Some convention. Hey! <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a great part about music. See, you can never tell. I figured Lee might like this because of his past fix, but you just don't know. And and I think, yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's the great part about, uh, you know, different tastes in music. I really thought he would like this album, too. I was totally I surprised too. when he was telling me, what? <laughs> I was like, damn. Well, well, it's just like Jimi Hendrix. It's like there's a big difference between Axis Boulder's Love and Band of Gypsies. Sure. I don't. I don't really care for Band of Gypsies, hmm. but um, you know, so so I would probably be critical of it. But but that doesn't mean that I don't love Hendrix. Right, right. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, and see, I love Band of Gypsies, and I, I don't, you know, Axis. I, I love, but not as much as Band of Gypsies. So yeah, there you go. Uh, so oh, Nick, yeah. um, well, this is so good whenever you suggest an album for me, I should go the opposite to be the other way. Yeah, <laughs> though you did like the Fabulous Thunderbirds. The what? The Fabulous Thunderbirds episode we did. You liked that? Oh yeah. In, in fact, um, um, I, I I would say um, without wanting to give a spoiler alert, but I will say I'm not going to be as negative on um some of the next albums we'll be doing. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. It, it will be a happy New Year. Uh, yeah, it's, happy it's New actually, Year, man. You're actually going to be very happy. at at, at, at some of my opinions i i I, I, I consider this to be your one bad pick okay that's fair (laughs) hey look 
I'll, I'll go with that batting average, you know. <laughs> I, I I don't think it's a bad pick at all. But happy 2021, man. Hopefully this year yep. I we could all get back to our freaking lives. Uh, yep. Okay, I uh, freaking get to an anthrax, get to a not anthrax, a, a fucking fucking Back armored seat. saint concert, man. I'd fucking fly up there just to fucking party with you watching armored saint because they don't Hell seem yeah. to play LA as much. That's weird. Which is weird because that's where they're from. I know it's weird. They go to San Francisco. It's yeah. like what the fuck? Come down here, man. You guys are from East LA and you don't play down here much. Um, I know they played the House of Blues a, a while back, but yeah, House of Blues in LA is gone too. Oh, yeah, so it was a while back. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, they they got rid of the House of Blues, but they could play freaking the Roxy or something, sure. or something. Absolutely, or any of this, this strip. Yeah, like I remember trying to get into the Roxy with the Bullet Boys playing there on their second album, and uh, we knew a, a, a roadie uh, who worked for them, mm-hmm. and uh, we couldn't get in. But we partied with uh, Mick Sweeta and a uh, bass player. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were That's in our hotel cool. room. At that time, I didn't smoke weed. They were all smoking weed, and <laughs> I was just sitting there kicking it. <laughs> That's awesome. And then right now, I go, fuck, I should have smoked weed with Mick Sweeta. <laughs> hmm. We have something to do next time. Next time, And I didn't on. think about getting an autograph or anything, man. I, I'm glad they're all back together, though, the whole band. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. That fucking rules, and Mark, Mark Torin is... Uh, I remember Mick Sweet had so, told me uh, Mark Turin's a dick. That's why he's not here <laughs> with us. But I guess yeah, he's not a dick anymore. If you look at his Facebook, he's really a nice guy to fans now. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Well, have it's kind that... of like the whole Kevin DeBro syndrome, you know? Like he he kind of went let everything go to his head in the beginning, and then he became a nicer guy as as success kind of dwindled. Yeah, Mark Turin is really nice on Facebook to the fans, and he messages cool. you back. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get him on a podcast one day, but Lee might not like that. Um, Who? <laughs> Mark Turin of uh, Bullet Boy Tor- Singer. Torin. Yeah, Mark Torin. Torin. Yeah. I'm saying his yeah. name wrong. Sorry. It's yeah, weird definitely don't was... say his name wrong when you get him. <laughs> I like their last two albums, though, without mm-hmm. the original members. Yeah. I'll have to listen to them more. I, I'd say that I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not either a fan nor not a fan. I'm more like... Um, I, I have one foot on either road. Well, mm. Ted Templeman produced the first album. So yep. I, I oh, should tell okay. you something right there. Um, Speaking of Ted Templeman, if you haven't read his book, it's amazing. Like, all of the stories, not just Van Halen, but he talks about, like, the Doobie Brothers and, and all of the bands, he, Little Feet, all the bands he produced throughout mm. the years. Really good stories. Yeah, I love Little Feet and Doobie Brothers, man. I need to read his book, man. Yeah, you'll, you'll oh. really enjoy it. I, do, I just like it. And, like, you go into those David Lee Roth groups and they're saying, it wouldn't have been Van Halen without David Lee Roth. You know, they're always fucking slamming Sammy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it. in fact, um, um, there was, um, this isn't from Ted Templeman, but this is from another group from Warner Brothers. And even though you don't like the Grateful Dead, you might think that this is really funny. I heard some on TV where one of the, executive producer kind of guys who was in Warner Brothers um, said having press conferences or band meetings with the Grateful Dead was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> he said um, they were talking about the direction of the new album and Phil Lesh said, I got it. What we do is we go into um, a city where it's really smoggy and we record a half hour of smoggy air. <laughs> and then we go to a place where it's fresh 
clean air, crystal clean air, and we record a half hour of clean air, and then we put the two together, and that will be our drum track. So, uh, the drummer of the Grateful Dead and the other guy who sings, what's his name? The other guy who sings, I think it's Mickey Hart, does the drums, yeah. right? Yeah. Who's the yeah. other singer, the guitar player? Um, Bob Weir. Bob Weir. Bob Weir. Yeah. You know, when I hear them away from the Grateful Dead, they're cool. Yeah. Like mm. Mickey Hart played on Marching to Mars with Sammy Hagar. I yeah. thought that it was cool. He played a couple drum tracks on that album. I thought that was cool. They're good musicians. I it's just I don't know. I think Jerry there Garcia is one just... album that Jerry Garcia did where he does not sing. And it, it's mm. kind of progressive jazz rock. And who knows, maybe you might like it. Maybe I like I like the who's the guy who sing the other singer again? I forgot his name. Bob again. Weir. Bob Weir. I like it when he did like uh, Hell in a Basket or something. I yeah. like his voice. I like uh, yeah. I like uh, Casey. You know, riding that train, Hank. I like that song. But okay. I can't get yeah. into I... other songs by them. I don't. I like Touch of Grey. Touch of Grey is cool. I like okay. this. But so, as a so band, yeah, I, I can't I, listen I to them. Get... Yeah, Friend of a Devil is amazing. Oh, I like that song, and that's with Bob Weir singing, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Bob but Weir there is are cool. A couple of albums that I can't stand either. Mm. In fact, two of them that I don't really love. One is okay, and the other one I don't really care for. Those two are albums that Deadheads consider to be their best albums, and some of my really good friends are really shocked and 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 can't believe that I don't like them that much. So you know, there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, tastes like wine. I didn't give my review, but uh, I love <laughs> I love how it goes slow and it picks up. These are my favorite types of songs. When the song is good, what it slows down and it goes light, it goes faster, and then the Spanish acoustic guitar, man, is so good. I love it. <laughs> it remind nice. it reminds me of some Doors, you know, when they did the Caravan Spanish kid. Yes, Caravan. Yep. I fucking love this shit. It rules. I love this song. And then we get to the next song. I think you know what I mean. What do you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this is kind of like the the brother song of uh, lay, "Lay Your Burden Down" for me. It's got a similar groove, and again, the the blues harp is thrown in. Uh, this is one they perform often live as well, and it's a great use of the slide guitar. And again, Warren's vocal tone is so well done. He he kind of holds back a little bit, like kind of teasing the listener before he lets go, and I like that. He he really is a kind of a professor about when knowing when to use a certain vocal style and inflections in his voice. So I really appreciate that. And uh, the slide guitar solo is just top notch. It's just another terrific track that I love. And it's definitely kind of almost got a, a 70s Skinner vibe on this one. What did you think about it, Lee? Some of this song had enough rocking energy for me to enjoy the jamming part. But the overall song sounded like they needed a cup of coffee before recording and they forgot to drink it. It wasn't great. I love this song. I love it's got a great groove and vocals. The, this jams kick ass. I love the band. Thank you, Brian, for turning me on to them. <laughs> <laughs> One out of two ain't bad. So yeah. Yeah, bad. What is that freaking meatloaf song? Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> he was actually born on my birthday. Meatloaf? Oh, no way. Yeah. You should I, have meatloaf every year. His daughter yeah, Pearl yeah. has a great voice too. Yeah. I love and, her first album. 
Uh, and she had kids with uh, with Scott from uh, Anthrax and yep. hasn't made yep. a new album yet. Uh, she she actually tweeted me that. I said, when's your next album coming? And she goes, soon. And that was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Maybe soon is uh, many, many years. I don't know. Well, she did that album with uh, Scott doing that one band. Oh, Motor Sister. Motor Sister. That's a good album. I got that on CD. It is. It is I a good album. really like that album. But uh, she hasn't made a new solo album yet. Mm. Isn't really... that, the, that was kind of like the backing band to like Henry Rollins, wasn't it? I think so. Like on one of his Rollins Band's albums, like one of the later ones. Yeah, I love Rollins Band, too. Yeah, me too. Freaking rules. And then he was also good in, as an actor, man. You ever seen him in Sons of Anarchy? Oh, sure. And he was in, didn't he play a cop in that one Charlie Sheen movie with uh, Christy Swanson? I think so, man. Christy Swanson's yeah. hot. Still hot. Do you ever see her in Playboy? <laughs> oh, here's Eric. Here's Eric. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Even though the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie is freaking cheesy as hell, I still like it, but I like the television series better. <laughs> so you're a, you're a trivia buff. So what were the two movies, 80, 80s movie, where she has a big cameo role in it, like a memorable cameo in it? I don't remember, dude. <laughs> well, you got Pretty in Pink because she ends up being like Ducky's like date at the very end instead oh, wow. of uh, like Ringwald. That's her. And then, of course, in Ferris Bueller, she's the, um, you know, where uh, Cameron's... I Missing and you know he passed out of thirty one flavors or yeah. Ferris did yeah uh -huh. mm -hmm. oh yeah I remember in there, remember her yep. in Ferris Bueller I didn't remember yeah. in Pirate and Peak I gotta watch that again See? there you go see this dude, is what you get on good movie memories she was my freaking crush back then dude oh she was great God she's still hot though I oh, follow great. I follow her on Twitter she's mm -hmm. freaking <laughs> she has a great mind <laughs> she's not a dumb blonde um and then we get to the next song Far Away what would you think about this one Brian so it's a it's a quasi ballad. It's a it's a mixture of fallen down and and kind of tastes like wine. And the connecting factor factor is like the emotion in each note and 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 you know his vocals. And even though this album is definitely a product of the CD era, it's it's over seventy minutes. I love every single minute of it. I I, I know it's probably painful for Lee, so sorry, but uh, it never feels long to me ever. That's how good it is. And uh, when the chorus does kick in, that the, the hair stands up on my arm. Warren knows how to construct, construct a song uh, that really knows how to build. And, and this is yet another example of the journey that I always like to follow. And, and when Warren's vocals truly build up and you get that blues guitar solo where every note counts and there's space between each note, that's perfect to me. Uh, you would expect a blazing solo here after the vocals build, but they, you don't get that. It, I, it's, well, it's well done and I don't find it predictable. What do you think about it, Lee? I like the shadowy guitar tone but the song never picked up and i was waiting for something to happen and it never did so ultimately i don't really care for it uh, i think they're playing the xylophone on here right they maybe yeah they might so i love the lyrics it sounds cool and this band can play and write why aren't they not huge <laughs> i'm just like fuck this band rules fucking People and music, musical tastes need to fucking get away from the Britney Spears and shit and fucking whatever that's going on. The fucking whatever music's going on. And we all know that the music that's going on now is not doing well. Streaming mm. does not say how music is doing. It's like you put out a track a week. Who cares, man? The, mm. Your freaking American Music Awards fucking is tanking for the last five years. The only oh, yeah. 
the only reason it did good what it was when Van Halen was on there doing Jump. Right. <laughs> I think that yeah, was the best. Tuned in for that. Yeah. They, they tuned in for that. Freaking hip-hop and pop is dead, man. Rock is well, that, rising. You, you can say the same thing about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They don't not, the people they nominate, nobody's tuning in for a rap act or, or, a, or a pop act. They'd tune in if you know, Deep Purple got in, or Judas Priest got in, or Motorhead got in. People would tune in for that because and Rush. that's how the falling. And Rush, yeah, exactly. Or even no. Kiss. I mean, hell. No. No. Freaking when Rush got nominated, they were in L.A., and freaking Rush fans were screaming in the fucking audience in the back row. Yep. Exactly. It was like fucking and freaking Alex Lyson, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was yep. like, fucking hey, I hope fucking Alex and Ed Getty make a, an album together, man. We need to get them back together. Because yeah, be Alex nice. is, uh, well, Lee likes Victor. I didn't like Victor. Yeah. But I love Getty's solo album. <laughs> mm. uh, but this this song right here, man. Love the lyrics. Well, I already said that. Let's get to the next song, Far Away. Well, which... did, we, well, did we do it? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. this album, fuck, I think that's the last song fucking rocks. And what do you think about uh, Far Away, uh, Brian? Oh, we'll do it. No need to suffer. This time. Oh, no need to suffer. Sorry. Yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, this is yeah, this is one of the older songs uh, on the album that was written in, in kind of the early days of the band. And it was performed live as, as early as 1996, which was a year after their uh, their self-titled debut. The band obviously knew that the vibe of this song fit perfectly for this particular album. So they decided to finally record it uh, for Life Before Insanity. It's similar to Far Far Away in vibe, so and, but you also get something a little different. You get some great bass work from Alan Woody during the middle part of the song. It's almost like a bass solo where you'd expect a guitar solo. So again, they know how to change things up. And, and when you think there's not going to be a guitar solo, uh, then Warren comes roaring in with one. So I, I think it's really, really well done. What did you think about it, Lee? The song was awesome once it picked up and the playing was fantastic. But the first part of the song sounded like something Bad Company would do before they went to sleep. So it was a bit <laughs> too long with the slow, draggy beginning. But the song made up for it with the great second part. Hmm. Well, I love a, a song that starts slow and then freaking starts kicking ass. Freaking, this has a lots of lots of soul, and the bass is the star on this one, like you said, Brian. Uh, man, it sounds so good. The drums are so fucking good, and then the solo comes in. I can't describe how good this is. You need to listen to it. You know, this is a great fucking song. Fuck. This is also it. one of the few government mule albums you can get on vinyl too, and it sounds amazing. Oh, it's, shit. it's a double. It's a double vinyl too. So. Well, I gotta wait till freaking I get back to work. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Our freaking. But definitely uh, work. If there's one album you can get on vinyl, I think this would be a good one for you. Or freaking they pass that new relief bill. <laughs> one of the yeah, two. Yeah. Great. Yep. And then we get to the last track on the album, which is freaking the epic on this album. It's 12 minutes and 48 seconds. In my life, I had I had possession over Judgment Day. What do you think about this song, uh, Brian? So I'll split it up. So I'll, I'll talk about In My Life first, and then uh, and then I'll get to the, the other one later. I'll let you guys comment on In My Life. But uh, So the album ends, but not really, uh, with a fabulous acoustic ballad full of emotion, as you would expect. Uh, but it's not a typical acoustic ballad either. You know, Alan Woody's playing the, the dulcitor, while uh, Matt Apps is playing uh, an ashika, which is, is kind of, it kind of looks like a bongo. Uh, and, and they're traditionally found in, in West Africa. I think it's it's a beautiful song. And uh, I'll let you guys comment on In My Life, and then I'll go back to, to the other one. What did you think about In My Life, Lee? 
Well, yeah, first I'm going to say Brian is correct that that if I have possession over Judgment Day is actually one of those um, hidden tracks. Exactly. And so yep. um, it's like it will say it's 12 minutes long when really that's that's just so that people won't know until they hear the song. But anyway, um, in my life, I don't care for this song. It's dull and not my bag. I I think it's cool, and I could hear the leak, the Eagles cover in this song. Cool <laughs> acoustic to end the album. Okay. And then we get to uh, If I Have Position over Judgment Day. What do you think about that, Brian? Yeah, so this is this is the era of CDs where you get those, as, as Lee was mentioning, the hidden bonus tracks on the supposed final track. You know, there'd be a few minutes of silence, and you expect the disc go back to track one. But in this case, you get uh, a cover of uh, Robert Johnson's song, the classic blues guy. And uh, considering that he only recorded 29 proper songs, they're kind of all classics. And this is one you don't hear often, you know, often covered. So it was cool to have Government Mule cover this one. There's kind of an echoey effect on Warren's voice, which kind of gives that old, old flavor to it. And then the use of the old school slide guitar, I think that's badass. And, and it gives a classic blues vibe to the track. Uh, wonderful cover, a great boogie, you know, from the keyboards. And uh, I love when you think the song is over, it kicks back in for another few minutes with some great keyboard work. So I, I think it's great. What do you think about that, Lee? A basic and not very exciting blues jam that was recorded not very well. Maybe if it didn't have that cheap battery-powered radio distortion type of sound on it, I might have liked it. But it felt like one of many typical blues songs that are all right, but I don't really love. I think this is more of, it goes into a traditional blues song after a few seconds, you know, after the first part. And I was like, what? This is fucking awesome. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I, I love the freaking traditional blues and it just rules. Um, so I hope that both of you keep enjoying that plain white rice um dish while i'm <laughs> over at the other table eating pizza i actually so, i actually eat more brown rice but <laughs> okay or in other words you you kind of like a group that's maybe one percent better than government meal and you kind of think that they're a hundred percent so i'm trying to think of an album we didn't necessarily hate but didn't really like and so yeah. bon jovi's an easy one but i'm not gonna go I'm not going to go with Bon Jovi. What, Mark, we would know. What, what's an album that you did that we didn't really like? There's lots of albums that really Well, didn't really fairly like. recently. Uh, I can't think of one right now. Well, I know, Brian, that um, I, I mean, um, you might have picked this one for Mark more than me. I don't know. But I will say that, that the other picks, I felt that you picked them more for me than him. Okay. Well, I, th but, I think you didn't like Rumors as much. Okay, so if you had to choose between Rumors and this, what would you pick? Um, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I would probably listen to this again only because I haven't heard it as much. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the personnel on this album is Warren Hayes, guitar, slide guitar, vocals, Alan Woody, bass, mandolin, life before insanity, electric upright bass on taste like wine, rhythm guitar on I think you know what I mean, fretless bass on far away. And Declar, I don't know what that is. Yeah, on, the Dulcitor. Yeah. Dulcitor. On In My Life, and Mount Apps, Drums. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever. Jabembe. 
is a <laughs> goblet drum played with bare hands. Okay. And Shinka on In My Life. And additional person personnel, Michael Barbiera played Gockenspiel on Far Away. Hook Herrera, harmonica and Bad Little Doggy, and I think you know what I mean. Ben Harper, vocals on Lap Steel, on Lay Your Burden Down. And Johnny Neal, organ, Woolertzer, piano, and background vocals. That's pretty cool, man. And then they became yeah. they be, they became a bigger band after this album, right? Yeah. So after Alan Woody died, you know, I was kind of mentioning in the beginning, they they realized that, that the power trio just wasn't going to happen anymore. They didn't want to they didn't want to try to recreate what they they did in the first three albums. So they decided to get bigger. And uh, so now the you know Danny Lewis is a full time member, and uh, and their sound pretty much changed. They got more robo more robust. They, obviously with the keyboards, and Danny Lewis can play guitar rhythm guitar as well. So I think their sound got a little bit fuller with future albums. So. Uh, maybe that that'd be a, a vibe that uh, we would like more. So yeah, um, who knows? Actually, it's it's kind of cool sometimes to do an album where not everyone agrees because then you have oh, sure. opinions that are a little bit different. Absolutely. And, and so um, you know, like um, sometimes I I I'm I'm kind of glad that that there's going to be an album with variety, but I'm thinking that maybe soon we we might. Um, I, I might try and pick one where if we're on again, we always say is that we love every song <laughs> and then that way it will be a very same review. Either that or what I can do is have either one of you start first and say what you say and then I pick exactly what you said and then repeat it. <laughs> uh, you, you know what's funny, Lee? You always mm -hmm. like people to agree with you, so that was weird that you yeah. said that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sober today. That's true. Ah, see, this would be interesting. So, if you were rip roaring drunk, how, would this have changed anything? I probably would have yelled at, at or, or made more sarcastic comments. Okay. Now you also would have burped, <laughs> but I would have burped and spitted more, so it, it, it wouldn't have been quite as good. See, I think you got your insults out better today, so I think that's it was positive. Yeah. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. No, I, no, I, you know, stuff like this. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be a hit for everyone, and I think that's okay. You know, but there might be something yeah. out there for, for people that, that dig it. So that's cool. Well, the reason know. reason I do this podcast is I want people to go out and buy music and yep. stream it, get get whole albums, and uh, support your artists, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and then we got to the tracks of the week, and. Uh, uh, Lee, you picked Jessler Toll's Locomotive Breath, which is a great, great song. song. Yep. And then I picked uh, Joe Walsh, The Confessor. Oh, that's another great song. And then, uh, Brian, you picked another government mule song, Smiling, Smiling Every Day, The False Cure. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's I picked, my, that's I my fall, song. Yeah, I picked I Falling like Down. I would like to hear them do that. Oh, wait, yeah. what did you pick? <laughs> I oh, picked Falling Down. How'd that happen? <laughs> that's... Uh, I didn't put your song in here, Brian. You picked Falling okay. Down. Yeah, yeah. Got it. My bad. I took my notes wrong. That's okay. We we okay. had you. We had your back. Yeah. So you picked Falling Down, Brian. And yeah. then Lee's song of the day is Smiling Every Day, The False Cure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I might. Um, who knows? It might be a good idea to um, tweet Warren Haynes and see if you'll do it. You know, see, that's what happens <laughs> when you take bad notes. <laughs> my bad. No so, uh, Brian, I guess we'll see you next week, though, with another one of your picks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Lee digs it. Yeah, we'll see yeah. if Lee digs it. 
So thank you, Brian, for coming on. And also check out his uh, podcast, Damn Good Memory Movie Memories, on uh, Podbean and wherever you get your podcast. And also check him out on That Metal Station on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on ThatMetalStation.com. And uh, Lee, check his podcast on the Lee Gershman Show, which he yeah. had a new podcast with Dr. Fuck. Check that yeah. out. And um, thank you, uh, Brian, for coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you five more times after this. Absolutely. Right thanks Thanks for always thanks having you. me on, guys. Man, we love, love you, man. You rule. <laughs> I love you guys. All right, man. Cool. And um, Lee, as always, you know what to do. You need to say goodbye. Okay. As always, I just say goodbye. All right. Thank you, Brian. No problem. All right, bye. Bye.
Rich without pleasure, respected without love, drinking poison from a glowing cup while anger creeps like a knife into your Looking back on yesterday, seemed like maybe you missed your calling.
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.